Welcome to Fringe Element. Week two SEC picks against the spread, our war against the spread. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lasson. You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Stephen. And you can also check out my YouTube page, All CFB365. Yeah, please go to the YouTube pages, 440 Sports, as well as, as Stephen's there, and click all the notifications, turn on all the buttons, give us a subscribe. We really, really, really um, means a lot to us. So we really appreciate it. Uh, we are picking every single game against the spread for the SEC in week number two. And I, I got to admit, Stephen, we did pretty good in week number one. In week zero, we both had Vandy, we went one and oh. Uh, I went seven and four last week, so I am now eight and four on the season. You went five and six last week, so you are now six and six on the season. Uh, you beat me with Florida State over LSU. I beat you with Mississippi State covering against Memphis, Kentucky covering against Miami of Ohio, and Missouri covering against Louisiana Tech. That's enough looking backward, though, Stephen. It is time to look forward, and you've got to get off the schneid after a five and six week. How are you feeling going into week number two? Not good. Not good at all. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a couple thoughts, I think, to, to sit, you know, kind of set the betting tone here. I think this offseason, because of all the transfers and all the movement, it made week one, week two, week three really difficult. And also just the SEC dominated. I mean, they covered what 13 of the 14 matchups on Saturday. So I sort of went against the fringe element rule, which is never pick against the SEC. And here I am. I had a losing record and now I'm trying to bounce back in week two. Well, you won those two, though. You had Troy covering the spread and Florida State covering the spread, and you won both of those. So you lost a couple other ones, but you won both of those. So, and I lost, uh, I lost, uh, I got Troy right, but I missed Florida State and LSU. All right, enough of that. On to week number two. Again, rate, review, subscribe, follow us everywhere you can follow us. Check out AthlonSports.com for Steven, the Cover Two podcast as well. Fringe element right here. You can get to me at Braden Gall at Athlon Steven. Okay. Picks against the spread, South Carolina plus eight and a half at Arkansas, Stephen. The uh, very first game ever played by these two teams in the SEC was, I believe, against each other back in 1992. I don't know why I threw that out there, but I felt like it was needed. I felt like we needed to say it. They will always be linked, Braden, because of they, when they entered the league. And of course, you had to start with the hardest game to figure out this week on the slate. I really don't have a great kind of sense in this matchup. I think we saw the kind of what Arkansas was capable of last week because of the win over Cincinnati, beating them by seven. Love what KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders did, you know, pushing around Cincinnati at the line of scrimmage. I think something to be worried about for Arkansas is the injuries in the secondary. Catalan, uh, Slusher banged up, especially not great when you're playing Spencer Rattler and the improved weapons that South Carolina has. But of course, South Carolina didn't play that great against Georgia State. Don't really have a good feeling of where they are. I'm going to play backdoor cover South Carolina to cover Arkansas wins. All right. We're disagreeing right out of the gate. I love this. 4.3 yards per play last week for South Carolina. Dead last in the SEC. That's not supposed to happen when you're playing group of five teams in week number one. I'll get. I'll take Arkansas minus eight and a half. I think, to your point, I, I, I'm concerned about their secondary. I am not that concerned about Spencer Rattler until I see it. Um, they're just like the way they're throwing the football. It's it's very um, LSU ish the way they're throwing the football. So I'll take Arkansas and lay the eight and a half and a rich and, and, a, and a disagreement right out of the gate. Texas at home getting 20 points against Alabama. The Crimson Tide Nick Saban against his former assistant. You know, it's going to be creative on offense. Do they have the horses on defense to even challenge what could be even mildly perceived as a weakness for Alabama along the offensive line. I say no, Stephen Lassen. I will take Abilama 
minus the 20. Lay the points. There's a bloodletting on the 40 acres this weekend. I agree with you. I like Alabama to cover. You know, keep him, like you said, Nick Saban dominates former assistants. He's 25 and two against former assistants. I think Sarkeesian will have a few things early on. You know, Texas may play well in the first, second quarter. I think the problem is that's where Alabama's depth and especially their ability to line of scrimmage. Texas comes into this game potentially starting two true freshmen along the line of scrimmage. That's music to Will Anderson and Dallas Turner's ears because they could really dominate on Saturday. And also, I think Texas defensively will have trouble slowing down Alabama. So I know it's a lot, but I think Nick Saban and Alabama cover that 20 points on Saturday. You did not offer context to that record, though, that 25-2 and record against former assistants. Uh, The last two, of course, were last year. Those two losses by Nick Saban, two assistants. So who knows? Um, Actually, I, I take that back. I do know. Alabama minus the 20 is, well, is and, where I'm going here. Right. And also, I think it's a, it's a measuring stick game for Texas because of what happened last year against Arkansas. I mean, they just got totally dominated by the Razorbacks. And of course, they're moving to the SEC. But that's our sort of that's our barometer between these two teams. I mean, you know, can Texas hold up better after getting blown mm-hmm. out last year? I, I think they still have major questions on the line of scrimmage, which leads me to take the, the 20 points in Alabama. Yeah, again, it will be fun to watch how creative Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson are used by Steve Sarkeesian. But that's about it. That's the only <laughs> interesting thing that's going to be in this game. Give me the give me the tide, roll tide. Uh, Wake Forest, and depending on what time you're listening to this, the number could be, who knows, 14. I bought it immediately, Stephen, when I saw the news that Sam Hartman was going to start for Wake Forest. I went immediately to my phone. I put money down on Wake Forest minus 10. It is now up to 14. It could be even higher depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, so let, let's go with 14 for the, for the sake of this conversation. Wake Forest minus 14 at Vanderbilt with a healthy Sam Hartman. Who you got? Man, this one's tough because I, I think I was all in on Wake Forest. You know, but like you said, as soon as the news hit, you know, wanting to get that line as, as low as you can. I still think I would take Wake Forest here. I think we saw last week Vanderbilt struggled against Elon to stop the pass over 300 yards. I think Wake Forest, with all those weapons, with Sam Hartman healthy, I think they're just simply going to outscore uh, Vanderbilt here. And also, it's Vanderbilt's third game in three weeks. I mean, they had to play at Hawaii, come back. You know, we'll see how they fare. I love what Mike Wright's doing, but I think it's going to be tough uh, to slow down the Demon Deacons. Is there a chance this is similar to the Wake Forest Army game last year that was like 72 to 69? Like, I don't, I don't think Vandy has that kind of offense, but Wake Forest doesn't exactly stop a lot of people, and Mike Wright has been very productive. Uh, I like Wake Forest minus the points as well. If it gets up to 14 and a half, depend, again, depending on when you're listening to this, I might go Vanderbilt. But if it's 13, 13 and a half, 14, I would take Wake Forest as well. But I do think this could be a high scoring. I mean, honestly, I like I, I think Vandy's inflated a little bit with their record because of who they played. And they didn't exactly put Elon away with a lot of confidence last week. But I, you know, this to me screams like 54 to 35. Yeah, <laughs> or, I, I something think- like that. Yeah, I, I would say it, we'll see what the over-under ends at, but I think it would be a very high-scoring game. I, yeah. I do think Vanderbilt can move the ball in Wake Forest, but I just think Sam Hartman, with the way he played last year and the weapons that Wake Forest has at receiver, I like the Demon Deacons on Saturday to cover. All right, Mizzou plus 7.5 at Kansas State. This line, I believe, opened at 8.5, so I think it's come down a, a tiny bit. Again, depending on when you li- listen to this, we're going with the 7.5, so there's a hook there if you like Mizzou. I'm going to go Kansas State. I, I just think I, I was a little surprised at this number and surprised at the movement because Kansas State, I think, holistically from top to bottom, 
coaching staff to number 85 on the roster is just better. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. I know Missouri ran the ball like crazy against Louisiana Tech, but Brady Cook didn't exactly instill a ton of confidence. Give me Kansas State minus the points. We agree. I like oh, K-State man. here. Oh, man. All, I think one thing to keep in mind about Kansas State, this is just a theory that I have. So, uh, you know, they didn't really show a whole lot at, at South against South Dakota last week. They didn't need to. I mean, they were up by two touchdowns. You know, basically, you know, before the end of the first quarter, it was a one-sided game. So I don't think they needed to show a lot. And you have Adrian Martinez, who only you know threw for less than 100 yards. Now they can sort of unveil that offense that they have with new offensive coordinator Colin Klein. So I think this could be entertaining because I'm interested to see what Luther Burden does for Missouri. But I just think Kansas State maybe didn't show all their cards in week one. And like you said, I, I still worry about Missouri's defense, and we'll see what Brady Cook does on the road. Yeah, and at home too, like that. I don't know that that number surprised me a little bit. So uh, I thought that was going to be a much bigger spread, considering how much you and I both like Kansas State in the in the preseason. Pittsburgh at home. This number also surprised me. Uh, getting six and a half at home against Tennessee. That means if this game was in Neyland, it would be a 11, 12 point game, which is wild to me. Um, I Pittsburgh defensively is very good along the defensive line. They're going to give that Tennessee rushing attack some challenges. Tennessee sometimes shoots itself in the foot by playing too fast. I don't think Pittsburgh can stop the passing attack. I, I just don't know what Pittsburgh's offense is going to look like. If Keaton Slovis is under center, they suck. When, he, when, he, when he's in the gun, they're really, really tough to stop. They didn't run the ball at all against West Virginia. Where are you going here? I'm leaning Pitt. I think I'm going to take Pitt to cover, but I think Tennessee wins. I think you know last year's game was right around a touchdown. I could see it ending up there. I do think Pitt's defensive line and perhaps the offensive line, which didn't play great last week, will give Tennessee some trouble. So I think this is a typical Pat and Arduzzi game. They're going to try to run the ball, create some havoc with that defensive line to try to slow down Hendon Hooker and some of those weapons that Tennessee has. Keep an eye on the one-on-one battles because you know Pitt's going to bring the rush. They'd like to play man coverage on the back end. If Tennessee protects Hendon Hooker, it could be a long day for Pitt's secondary. They gave up 14 plays of 40-plus yards last year. That's not great when you're playing Tennessee, but I'm going to bank on the Panthers at home to keep it a little bit closer, but Tennessee to win. You're making very good points, very sound and logical and rational points. And I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee here because it's six and a half. I, I just And here's, the, here's what's interesting. C.J. McDonald for West Virginia was borderline unstoppable. And I'm curious if if you agree with me on this, could they use could Tennessee use Brew McCoy in a similar way? Uh, big big body physical guy, just likes to you know he's a big yak guy. He's not as much of a runner as as he as McDonald is, but he's got that same size. So I I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be able to stop Tennessee. The question is, can they keep up? I thought they got a little lucky to beat West Virginia. I also think West Virginia's defensive line, to your point, is better than Tennessee's defensive line, which is why that gave Pittsburgh trouble. That's kind of an argument for Pittsburgh, I guess. I, I like your play of Tennessee outright, Pittsburgh to cover. Something about this situation, though, the way Tennessee has been sort of just ready for this with the revenge and and Vegas is screaming at you to take Pittsburgh here, right? Getting six yeah. and a half at home. They're screaming at you to take Pittsburgh, which means go the other way. I'm taking Tennessee. Texas A&M hosting App State, who just dropped a 60-burger on North Carolina. A&M did not look particularly great. They are hosting App State and giving 18 and a half. Stephen, where are you going? A lot of points. I'm going to take A&M. I went back wow. and forth on this one because App State has played Power 5 teams close. 
they lost to Miami by two last year. Of course, they had the overtime game against uh, North Carolina last week, even before, you know, they gave Tennessee a lot of trouble in Knoxville a few years ago. So they play power five teams tough. I'm going to bank on A&M figuring some things out offensively. I love the big plays last week. I don't think the offensive line and rushing attack will be as bad uh, for the second week in a row. And of course, Texas A&M's defense is very good. So I'm a little iffy on this one because it is such a large spread. But I think at home, A&M covers. God, I came into this. I came into this gonna gonna take App State. I was gonna I take too. App State. Yeah, I was ready time. to take him. I, I don't like that you've influenced my prediction here. Um, you shouldn't listen to me after last week. <laughs> I did all right. I did all right last week. I, I'm just curious about like how do they match up to AM versus North Carolina? Is there emotional letdown? That's certainly a question. But North Carolina can't stop anybody, so it's why they were able to put up points. Are they going to be able to move the ball that freely this week against AM's defense? And I don't. It doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Uh, I also, uh, the number, I, I don't know, you said it's such a large number. Don't you think the number is actually telling you to take A&M? Like, Probably, it, yeah. I mean, if you're really a top six or seven team in the country and you're playing an unranked G5 team that lost last week, I don't. isn't that normally like a 27-point spread, 24-point spread? A&M also plays Miami next week, so I wonder if there's built-in look-ahead factor mm. uh, for A&M for the spread between these two. So I, I'm just stalling here, as you can tell. I hey, um, I wrestled with this one a lot too. So I, I mean, it's it's such a track record of App State tells you to take App State. Something tells me that A and M just plays better this week, and that's why I went with the the 18 points. I feel like it's hard for App State to be that close, come that close, play that well, and then do it again against a much better team that's going to be much faster. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with the Ags here. Give me the Ags. Uh, Florida at home against Kentucky, the game of the week in the SEC. Kentucky plus five and a half at the Gators. Look, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. If somebody tells you they know what's going to happen in this game, they just don't know. <laughs> they they have no clue because right. if, if if Anthony Richardson in Florida plays the way they did last week, which by the way wasn't particularly great on defense, run, stopping the run by the way, then I think they they can win this game easily, cover the spread. But in this rivalry, the way this game has gone lately, I know it's not Dan Mullen anymore. But it's hard to give five and a half points to a team that's frankly been better. Like the better roster, you could argue, is Kentucky. Yes, the quarterback, Anthony Richardson, might be better, but it's not like there's a scrub on, on Kentucky's sideline under center either. I just think five and a half is too many. So I'll take the Wildcats here. I was all set to take the Wildcats. And then I thought I'm going to pick the winner of this game by a touchdown. So I'm going Florida to all win, right. okay. Florida to cover. I am worried about a couple things for Kentucky offensive line didn't play well last week the longest rush for kentucky was just nine yards and they also banged up at running back no chris rodriguez no ramon jefferson so it really is on will levis in that passing game to win on saturday in worry two for florida big emotional victory how do they get reset to get ready for their sec opener so like you said if anybody knows what the heck is going to happen here I think they are very wrong, but I think that's also why it's one of the games of the week. We can figure out, get a better glimpse of what Florida is and just figure out, was Kentucky holding back something last week? uh, Or is Kentucky really having these problems along the line of scrimmage? Uh, It's a fascinating game and great rivalry that's turned into a good game. Mark Stoops has turned all of these one-sided rivalries into good games. Yeah, they they averaged 1.9 yards per carry last week rushing the football. No bueno. Uh, Not against Florida. But, But again, Florida... 
did not exactly hold up against the run last week. So we'll see. Two and two, and two in the last four after Florida dominated this series for so long. It's this been very be, even recently. This would be two in a row in the swamp, right? So um, that's a pretty big deal. Again, I just think it's very, very close, kind of like the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game. I think it's back and forth. I think there's some letdown for Florida. Uh, I know that's what Billy Napier was immediately trying to fight in the press conference. He's like, no, 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 no. We haven't won anything. No, 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 no. He was already serving up rat poison to his team. Uh, San Jose State plus 22 and a half at Auburn, Stephen. I like Auburn. Uh, Portland State gave gave San Jose State a lot of trouble last week. Uh, San Jose State gave up seven sacks to Portland State. And here comes Auburn's defensive front. Here comes that Auburn rushing attack. Oh, by the way, they have Penn State next week. So I think they're trying to figure things out. What are they going to do at quarterback with Finley and Robbie Ashford? So I think there's an incentive here to keep kind of pushing on offense to figure all these pieces out. So I like Auburn to cover despite the look ahead factor with Penn State next week. Yeah, look at the offensive efficiency metrics for Auburn last week, and they were off the charts. Like tanks, big tank Bazeby, over 100 yards, over eight yards a play, over 10 yards per pass. Like it was, <laughs> even though they turned the ball over and it wasn't exactly a perfect performance, like they were significantly more efficient on offense. I want to see Tank Bigsby, and you know who I want to see? I want to see Robbie Ashford. Uh, yeah, I do too. That's who I want to see is Ashford and Bigsby in the backfield doing damage back there. I'm taking Auburn minus the 22 and a half. I think they smoke San Jose State getting ready for Penn State. Don't look now, folks. That five and zero start is uh is within reach for Penn the Auburn. State. Auburn just has serious like chaos, like potential oh, next week. So, so good. All right, before we get our locks of the week, Mississippi State minus ten and a half at Arizona. This one eleven a eleven p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Mike Leach though is used to it out there on the West Coast. He knows all about playing games in Tucson. Yeah, I, I love the the SEC audience being in, introduced to Pac-12 after dark, and it's going to be some weird stuff going on with, with Arizona and Mississippi State, especially with the way that these two teams play offense. I, I think Arizona might be one of the most improved teams in college football. Uh, Jaden Delora transferred in a quarterback from Washington State. They've added weapons at receiver. They can score. They did a good job last week in San Diego State's offense. I'm a little skeptical about San Diego State's offense, being productive right now. They have some major quarterback concerns. I love what Mississippi State did offensively against Memphis last week. So I know it's a large spread. Arizona can score. But I'm going back to what I said earlier. I'm not going to pick against the SEC. So I'm taking the Bulldogs to go on the road and cover. Now I got the Bull Puppies as well. I don't see any way they stop Will Rogers from slinging it for another 400 yards. But like, here's the problem, Stephen. And this is this is super scientific and analytical of me. Mississippi State things. Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> this is where Mississippi State does weird things to itself. And you just go, why? Why did that happen? And you're like, you, you lay it out. Arizona's at home. It's late at night. It's out of the time zone. They've been better on offense. Mississippi State's always going to do one of these things to themselves. So I'm going to lay the points and I'm going to force the chaos to happen to Mississippi State by laying the points and picking Mississippi State. Because in a real game between these two and a neutral field, there is 0% chance that Arizona should win this game or even be competitive. This is way too good of a Mississippi State team. So I'm going to lay the points and then wait for the the drama to ensue at about 1.35 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. So Pack there you 12 go. 12 after dark. Coffee and some Rolaids. That's what you'll need. So we are different with Pittsburgh and Tennessee. I've got Tennessee. You've got Pittsburgh. We are different. Florida, Kentucky. You've got the Gators. I've got the Wildcats. We are different with South Carolina and Arkansas. I've got the Hogs. You've got the Gamecocks. What is your who are what are your top two bets? Locks of the week, whatever cliche you want to use. What are the top two you're playing this week if you're playing games in the SEC? Definitely go with Auburn as my first lock of the week. 
The second one's a little tougher because we had so many toss-up kind of games. I may just go Alabama here. I mean, I just they're yeah. just the the best team in the country. Even being on the road, twenty points is a lot. But there's so many toss-ups this week in terms of where the spread is, and we're still figuring these teams out too. So I would take Alabama and Auburn as my locks of the week. Well, I have like only one underdog, so just I don't know. Be, be, you, I hope you played me last week because <laughs> <I'm, laughs> I've only got like one underdog this week. My two locks would be Alabama as well, minus twenty. And then Wake Forest minus 13 and a half, depending on where you can get that number. But that those would be my two locks of the week. So again, there you have it. Turn on the YouTube page notifications. Check out the video. Check out Fringe Element. Cover 2 Podcast. Check out Stephen Lassen, of course, on the Twitters, at Steven. You can follow him there. You can follow me at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports as well. Please share the product. Tell everybody that every Friday you're going to get every single SEC game with phenomenal analysis from Stephen against the spread. Every single pick for every single game in the conference. So we appreciate you guys hanging out. We appreciate you listening. Enjoy week two. We'll be back next week with another edition of War Against the Spread. I'm taking you on, Stephen. Dumbest thing I've ever done. I'm going to take you on. But so You're far, off to a good start. So far, so good. Enjoy week two, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network.